I want to talk to you about being a disciple and discipleship today and making disciples. I want to show you something very unique. In the King James Version, there's this word called Christians that is used one time in the Bible. Would you hold up a finger, please? Just hold up a finger. Just keep it up for a minute. We're going to add to it. And in the King James Version, there's also another word called Christian used two times. So hold up three fingers. You got that? Three, 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 three. King James, Christian and Christians used three times. You with me? You can put that down. In the King James Version, the word disciple is used 27 times. And the word disciples are used 233 times. Christian Christians used three times. Disciple disciples are used 260 times. I want to encourage you that Jesus calls you and I to be disciples. Not just Christians. There's nothing wrong with being a Christian, but I don't just flow with the worldly point of view of just Christian. God calls each and every one of us to be wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ, which is being a disciple. I want to read a scripture where disciples were called Christians for the very first time out of Acts eleven twenty six. It's on the Sky Bible there. And it says, then, when he had found him who was Saul, we know him as Paul, he brought him into Antioch, and it came to pass that the whole year they assembled themselves in the church, and they taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And I've been even told that it was almost used as a kind of a jab. Oh, those Christians. They were first called Christians in Antioch. Who were first called Christians in Antioch? Go with me, church. Come on. You, you, you should be way awake. 11-11. Come on. Who were first called Christians in Antioch? The disciples were called Christians for the first time in Antioch. Jesus chose 12 disciples. Church, we're called to be wholehearted, all in, sold out, wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ, equaling being a disciple. I'm not just called to be a nice guy, just some dude. I'm not called just to do nice things or be fair, kind, and, and loving, full of good works, even though those are wonderful things. I'm called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You're called to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I, I want to break the ice. I want you to say that with me today. Everyone just say the word disciple. disciple. It's not hard. It's a beautiful word. And this is the word that God uses for you and I. Just because I was born in the USA doesn't mean that I'm a Christian. I'm a cool walking daddy. In the... No. I'm a disciple. I don't call myself a Christian because I'm, I'm not a Muslim or a Hindu or a Sikh or atheist. 
I don't, I don't call myself a Christian when I'm filling out a college application or a work application. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Beautiful. Jail, that, 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 you, you sound a little, little, little radical. It's not radical at all. It's Bible. And it's Jesus. And that's who you and I are called to be, our disciples. We don't want to be a mile wide and an inch deep Christian, but we do want to be a mile wide, mile deep disciple of Christ. You know, I, I'm going to read three scriptures, and I think they're very important because it's what Jesus shared to his disciples before he ascended into heaven. It's out of Matthew 28, 18 through 20. We call it the Great Commission. You'll find it also in Mark, spoken of in a little, little different way, but still the Great Commission. It's called the Great Commission. It's not, listen to me real good, it's not the Great Suggestion. It's not the great suggestion. So we're not to make it the great omission. Because it's the great commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make Christians. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Somebody say disciple. disciple. One of my jobs is, I think, is to teach, encourage, equip, but also to convince you. And I want to convince you to some degree today that you're called to be a disciple. I wanted you to notice something in those scriptures right there that disciples are made. Say that with me, made. made. They're not born. Disciples are made. People have poured into my life. I've poured into other people's life because God calls you and I to make disciples. Let me show you something else. Notice something else. Disciples are baptized. Baptized in Holy Spirit, baptized in water. This specifically about baptism into water. Somebody say fully submerged, all the way down, not a little sprinkle. How do I know it's fully submerged? Because the Bible says when Jesus was coming out, if you're coming out, that means that you were in. He came out. The Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. God spoke from heaven. Why? Because he had been fully submerged. Listen, you need to be water baptized if you haven't been. I don't care how old you are. Next week, you have the opportunity. Now, you can get water baptized tomorrow in the lake if you want to. It's pretty cold. I've done those types of things before. But we make it pretty nice on you. We've got a water baptism next Sunday at the 11-11 class during the 909. If you haven't been water baptized, I encourage that. Would that keep you out of heaven? I don't think so. But there's a lot of scriptures that talks about being born again and water baptized. Jesus himself never sinned once was water baptized. He says to fulfill all righteousness, he was water baptized. A disciple, I believe, is water baptized. We are instructed. Disciples are students. 
We're learners. I'm 56 years old. I know I don't look it, but I am. And I'm still, it was a joke, you guys. Come on, go with me. Jeez. Disciples are students and learners, and I'm still a student, a learner to this day. We observe, we glean from others. I've done a lot of learning from a, a, a gleaning from other believers and disciples of Jesus Christ. You're called to be a disciple. Between now and the sound, how many of you have been to our sound conference? Put your hand up real high. Good, 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 good. I encourage you to come to that. It's on January 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Between now and the sound conference, and there's other things that we're going to be doing because of Christmas and so forth and so on, but we're going to be talking about biblical tools and, and principles about we use, I use, as a disciple and making disciples. And all of them aren't tools because I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not a tool. He's a person, and he's my best friend. And I want to talk to you about him today. But we're going to be doing that between now and then. Uh, when I got married with my beautiful wife here, Radine, I was a framer at the time. And a framer, there was, these are my old actually framing, this is called a tool bag. And it's my old tool bag, probably 30, 31 years old. And uh, there's tools, you want them on you all the time because there's certain tools that you use as a framer constantly. You don't have all the tools, all the specialty tools, but you got a frame and hammer and you got a speed square and, and I got a chalk line back here and I got a, um, I got a tape measure right here and I, I got tools that I constantly can grab and get as a framer. I had a framing boss. I love him. I don't mean to slam on him, but he just screamed at us pretty much all day long. It seemed like he screamed at us. I think I had diarrhea for about three months. He just screamed at us. We got paid by the hour. He got paid by the foot. And the more he screamed, I guess he thought it was going to motivate us to get more done. And he was a good screamer. At lunch, he was totally cool. But when we were working, he was kind of screaming, right? And there was tools that we used, like, like this skill saw right here. This, the tools I have up here are so safe compared to what we have. I can't only get this on because it's so safe. Got to do this and do this. We didn't have these things on our saws. That's safe. We, they were not on our saws. These guards were not on our saws. Cal OSHA came. You know what we did? We threw them in the woods. I don't know what Cal OSHA thought. I don't know. Hey, how, I don't know how you guys are cutting all those two by fours, but, but they were totally illegal. We used pneumatic air guns. I mean, you can hammer, right? You can hammer. It's a good thing to hammer. And we, we straightened out nails and hammered a little bit, but you don't really put a whole house, frame a whole house together these days with a hammer. You use a pneumatic air gun and uh, they look a little bit like this. Everybody shut their eyes, just teasing air. And this one's really safe because you have to push it and then pull the trigger, right? The ones we had were so probably unsafe, so non-Cal OSHA. We just went like this. They flew. I shot two nails in this hand right here, 16-penny nails. And all we did was run to his van, duct tape him up, and keep running. There was tools that we used every day. I want to talk about tools that you should be using as, as a disciple 
and making disciples. Some of these are like, well, J.O., that's a no-brainer. I, I still want to talk about them just for a moment because I think they're so important. The first tool that you should be using every day as a disciple and a discipleship maker is prayer. Will you say that with me, prayer? Pray. Praying. Every day, change your life, change your circumstance, change your family, change our nation, change our world through prayer. I say, come on, it's the engine room of the church, but it's not just the engine room for your church. It's the engine room for your life, for your wife, for your family, for your children. Can somebody MC hammer with me? And we got to pray. I don't even want to preach about prayer. I could do a series on prayer, and I have done a series on prayer. But sometimes, you know, how many of you have trained your kids just to take the trash out, the tra trash out, right? Hey, Tori, good to see you, all the way from Honduras. How many of you trained your, maybe your child to take the trash out, right? And, you know, take the plastic out, take it out to the road or whatever. It's like, hey, they don't literally, they usually don't do it because they don't know how to do it. They don't do it because they choose not to do it. I don't think I need to train you on prayer. I think you just need to do it. And if you don't know how to pray, I would encourage you to come and pray with us. Tuesday mornings, Wednesdays at noon, Thursday morning. Next Saturday, guess what? You have an opportunity to be here all church prayer. You say, I don't know how to pray, J.O. Come on. Jesus says, Hey, I'll teach you to pray. And he taught them how to pray. And I think one of the greatest ways that you can learn to pray is be with other people who are praying. Pray without ceasing, having an attitude of prayer. The next one is, I think as a disciple and a disciple maker, you need to be in the word of God, not just occasionally, not when you're going through something tough, not when you feel like it, but every day. Every day. More than your social media. All connected to your phone. We need to get connected with the word of God. Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or seated in the seat of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And this is law. He doth meditate day and night. He will be like a tree planted by rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. We love the very end of that. They shall prosper. Where does the prosperity come from? From the man and the woman who's in the word of God meditating on it daily. Be true. You'll be fruitful. Be steady like that tree because you're in the word of God. And more so, the word of God is inside of you. A disciple is a person of the word. A disciple maker is a person of the word of God. Heavens and earth, oh, it'll pass away, but not God's word. How can a young man cleanse his way? Taking heed to thy word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. I pray that as we go into the new year, you would fall in love. You would have a love affair with God's word. The next one is declaration, declaring God's word over your life. I don't do it just on Sunday. I don't do it just on Saturday. I do it every day. Did it this morning, walking my dog. All of a sudden, I'm just declaring God's word over my life. Why? Because I'm a disciple. 
I'm not going to let the world declare it's garbage over me. I'm going to declare God's word over my life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The enemy comes in like a flood, but the Lord will raise a standard. Oh, all of a sudden, you, you begin to declare the word of God over you. It will change your entire life, but you got to first get the word in you if you're going to declare it over you. The fourth one, tools that you should use as a disciple, but this is the one I didn't want to call a tool because it's a person. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm amazed that some believers don't even know what that is. And if you don't know what that is, you know what you should do? I can't feed you the bottle all your life. You need to get in the Word of God, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, dive into Acts and see it in 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians and through the New Testament, the Holy Spirit who was back with Samson, but all of a sudden in the New Testament, he comes and he lives inside of us. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit to pray in the Spirit. Paul talked about praying in the natural and praying in the Spirit. I tell you what, you pray in the Holy Ghost, woo! It's like, it's like to me, praying in the Holy Spirit is like, Okay, I'm going to build a house like this with nails. Bend a few, but no, no. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Pull out the pneumatic air gun, baby. I might be out of air. No, there we go. See, this gun is way too safe. Way too safe. Way, it's way too safe. That would drive me crazy. When a person prays in the Holy Spirit, just listen to the few scriptures this morning. Jude 1, 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up, up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. It's not just about your protein. It's not just about your Wheaties. You know how to take care of your physical body. I'm talking about your spirit man. Building yourself up, your spirit man, praying in the Holy Spirit. Listen, I got saved in 86 and just stumbled all over, the, the, all over my life, crashed and burned. But in 1988, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit in March, and it was a deal breaker. Holy Spirit began to heal me and empower me in the bars that I used to bounce in. Now I'm preaching the gospel on the streets in front of, and I tell you what, I would have never done that without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Jail, I don't, I, I don't really like that tool. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I like those scriptures, and all of a sudden you just take your Bible and you, well, I'm just going to get rid of that one. How many are you going to tear out? How many are you going to tear out because you don't like it? Maybe you've never experienced him. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you were trained wrongly. You shouldn't tear anything out, and you shouldn't try to put anything in it. Why not just believe God's word? I, I've sat down before, and people are like, J.O., you just need to, you need to go up to all, the, you need to go to some other churches. You need to see, you know, some new churches out there, you know, broaden your, 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 your mind a little bit, a little, get a little progressive. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. No, I don't. I don't need, no, I don't need to all of a sudden manipulate the word and manipulate it, manipulate it, manipulate it, manipulate it till it says what I want it to say. You know, 
The person that gets a Bible in a, in a tribe in Africa, they don't have all the concordance and strongs. They just got to read the word of God. The first thing you should do is just read God's word for what it is. And don't work it, baby, to fit your lifestyle. Let your lifestyle fit God's word. I hope it does offend people, offend you out of sin. First Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Acts 1, 8, but you shall receive power. I got the power. I got the power. You got the power? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Holy Spirit, I need a ghost. And it's the Holy Ghost. That's why I didn't want to call all of them tools, because all of them is not tools. The next tool that you need is faith. Faith. Beloved, while we were diligent to write to you concerning the common salvation, I found it necessary to write you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. Contend for the faith. That's like a boxing match. UFC. I'm going to fight. We're in the cage, baby. I'm going to fight this. I'm going to keep the faith. Faith, you know, it, to me it's very simple. God said it, and I believe it. I'm going to operate on it. You want to honor God? You want to really honor the Father? Walk by faith. If you really want to respect our Heavenly Father, just walk by faith. If I tell Seth, Seth, Daddy's got your back. If I tell my wife, it's all good. You can go right to that point. It's safe. But if they don't listen to me and they don't trust me, that would be very disrespectful, very dishonoring to me for them not to think that I, I have their back. Just like the Father. He said it, he's going to do it and believe it. And he cares about you. A tool that you have to choose to walk in every day is a walk of faith. A next tool is praise and worship and thanksgiving. I praise and worship in God, not just on Saturdays or on Sundays, but every day. God dwells in the midst of our worship church. When I praise him in the shower or cutting grass or in my car or walking my dog, he's there. Now, it's super encouraging and fun when the band's here and you're here. Two or more are gathered, feel the presence of God like this morning. I'm like, the blood, the blood, the blood, wow. But I worship and I praise him and I thank him every day. That's a tool. Serve. He didn't come to serve, but to be served. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. We're to do the same thing. That's a, that's a tool that we have to operate in uh, every day. Stir up the gift that's inside of you. Fan the flame. These are tools. That's not just for you, but brings life to people around you. You think I feel like preaching every Sunday? 
or when I do preach? What do I do? Fan the flame. Stir. Because I know it's going to produce life. And tick off a few people too, which I like to do. (laughs) I had a tool belt right back there. It's the tools that we used right at hand, just all day long framing, you know. But sometimes there's tools that you occasionally use. You know, I don't, I didn't carry about this, I don't even know how long this is. Six foot. I don't carry this around with me in my bags, man. Now, I don't need this type of level everywhere. But, uh, but there's a little Leatherman right over here that, you know, right at my hands, all kinds of tools on it. There's tools that we use occasionally as disciples in discipleship making. I want to talk about a few of those tools today. Here's one that everyone gets pumped up about. Fasting. J.O., you lie, and I'm just pulling your leg a little bit. <laughs> At the beginning of each year, we declare a fast. And if you've never done it, I encourage you to do it. This year, it starts on January 1st, on the evening after the gathering. So you can eat all day. And it goes through the 21st. On the 21st is when the sound begins. We have a prophet and a prophetess coming in on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. You come into the sound, you're like, whoa, I just walked into the glory of God. Presence of God so thick in here. It's like breathtaking. Do you know why? Because we just came through a 21-day of prayer and fasting. It's not just fasting, but it's prayer and fasting. We have seek week. Man, we're all in. We're going for it. And I say it's occasional because I don't see Jesus constantly fasting, but he did start his ministry with 40 days of prayer and fasting. When the enemy came at him, guess what he did? He went at him with the word of God. Come on. Moses Moses probably fasted for like 90 days. A supernatural, absolute fast. You You see Daniel fasting. You see, Paul Paul fasted when he didn't want to fast because the brother didn't have any food. (laughs) Fasting is very powerful. How did sin come into the world? Well, it has something to do with it leaving when you're fasting. And we do all kinds of fasts around here. That's going to be left up between you and God. I can tell you the first time I fasted with the men of the church years ago, uh, I think it was, yeah, before we were married, and I'm like, man, I'm going to fast. I'm this kind of bodybuilder dude, and I'm like, I'm going to fast. I'm, 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 I might die today. I don't even know, you know. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I'm, I'm going to fast with all these old dudes, and we're all in a room worshiping, and we're fasting. I'm drinking water and lemons. Oh, I know my blood sugar is going to freak out. I know it's going to jack me up. You, you have all these thoughts and probably it's a wonderful, healthy thing for you that, that, that your blood sugar's jacked up because of what you've eaten, not because of what you're not eating. I decided to look at my weigh-in. I, I do a weigh-in on my iPad or my phone and, uh, since 2015. And, and I just went back two years of after the fasting. After the fast, the last two years, I was the lightest that I had been in years. 
It has beautiful spiritual benefits, but it has a lot of physical benefits and a lot of emotional benefits. So don't, don't go, oh, you know, they gonna fast. They, they, they gonna fast. Oh, they, they, they gonna fast. Tennessee, he gonna fast. Seth, he, Seth, he gonna fast. John, he, he gonna fast. They, they gonna fast. No, I encourage you to fast along with us. Can you imagine the impact it's going to have upon the church in our city? These are occasional tools that we use that are that actually change nations. Here's another one. Wait. Waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. Waiting on the I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a pretty intense, high-strung dude. I know it's hard to figure that out, but so waiting is not easy for me. I don't always feel like waiting. But when I wait, if you can get yourself to wait, try taking a day and waiting. Try taking maybe an hour and waiting. Waiting on the Lord. You, you may not experience nothing at the moment. You may experience something the next week or the next month. It's amazing when we wait upon the Lord. The Bible says, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They will mount up like eagles. Right? Right? They will not grow weary as they wait upon the Lord. Let me read it. Let me read it. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Anybody need that in the house? They shall mount up wings like eagles. Radine and I saw some eagles yesterday. Woo! Wow. Amazing. They will run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. These are tools that you should occasionally use. Here's another one. Solitude. Say this with me, solitude. Solitude. Sometimes I get my little camper, my little $300 camper, go out in the woods. I want to drive to where my phone doesn't work. If I want to talk to somebody, I got to drive to the top of the hill or hike to the top of the hill. I don't want to be somewhere where somebody can find me, yo. Solitude. Have you ever done it? I think most Americans can't spell solitude. Just to be honest with you. I think Jesus was out 40 days in solitude. I think Jesus was in solitude when he prayed all night for his disciples. They they constantly went looking for Jesus. Why? Because he was in solitude. It's amazing. Solitude will bring your sanity back. And your heart back. Maybe your wife back. Solitude. You should consider that. A couple more. Prophecy, you're going to hear a lot more about that. Today I'm kind of birdshotting, talking about several tools. In weeks to come, we'll be focusing like on this tool, like boom, let's talk about this tool. Today I just wanted to kind of 
busted open. Prophecy. It's amazing a word like that, words of knowledge that I've received, words of prophecy that Radina have gotten, and to see it come to pass in our life. It is so, so encouraging. Matter of fact, Paul tells Timothy, tells Timothy, you can wage a good warfare with the prophecy over your life. Here's another one. My last one is this testimony. All the hell that you went through, all the prodigal living, all the the time you ran from God, God wants you to be able to share your testimony. You might be able to share it in 30 minutes or, or three minutes or one minute, but you should be able to share your testimony. It is a tool that God wants every individual follower of Christ to use. And every one of you have it. J.O., I was born a Christian, and I never sinned hardly. I stole some milk out of the refrigerator one time from my mama. Well, you got a testimony. Wow, I wish I had a testimony like that, that I served Jesus all of my days. I'd be like, hallelujah. That wasn't my testimony, but that's a great testimony. The Bible says they overcome by the blood of the Lamb, And the word of their testimony, here's the kicker, and they did not love their lives even to death. Tools that we use. Tools that we use. I get so tired of the fear that is spewed out across broadcast news stations. I'm like, they didn't love their life even unto death. Hey, man, to live as Christ, to die as gain. I'm not going to walk in fear. The church shouldn't walk in fear. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind. Come on. You live, you're a winner. You die, you're a winner. We're a double-header winner, if that makes sense.